Some days are terrible, you wish that you were dead And some days are magical, like great banana bread Someday we'll be friends with the voices in our heads The voices in our heads Hey, oh, you didn't kill yourself Hey, you deserve a pat on the back for that, okay? And I do too <laughs> Welcome to the voices in our heads. My name is Christina Marie Hutchinson, and I am so sober. I'm so sober, and I like it. I'll get into that in a little bit, okay? This is what a week, what a day, what a year to be alive, what a time, and here's some shows that I'm doing in New York City and Philadelphia. Gay wawa, gay gay Thursday, January 16th, Justin Silver and I are not banging, and we have a monthly show called We're Not Banging. And uh, that happens, yeah, Thursday the 16th at The Stand at 8 p.m. There's going to be a comedy show, and then we're doing a sponsored after parties. Party, just one. Tito's is sponsoring it, and there's going to be a DJ. And yes, I'm going to be sober for it. Shut the fuck up. It's going to be fun, okay? You don't have to be sober for it. You fucking get wasted. Well, we're selling fucking Tito's martinis and then a portion of the proceeds are going to Justin's dog charity. Do I know the name of it? Oh yeah, I do. It's funny for Fido. I do. Oh, someone's sober. Someone's not smoked weed in six days. Wow. Good for you, Christina. There's a hero. And her name's Christina Marie Hutchinson. Saturday, January 25th, Wendy Starling and I co-host Glamour Puss. I fucking love doing that show. It's so weird and fun. It's at Zinc Bar in the West Village. It's this beautiful little jazz club with these gorgeous red velvet curtains. And um, apparently Nina and Simone, Nina Simone, apparently you know why, you'll know why I say that in a second. Apparently Nina Simone used to sing there a lot back back in the day, you know? She don't sing there now, because she ain't here. But uh, Wendy and I open that show every month as uh, characters, Nina and Simone, and it's very fun. And I love that show, that's the 25th at 8 p.m. And then if you're in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, get a towel, get a water, get a water, and then come down to uh, Helium Comedy Club, and uh, I'm going to be headlining February 6th to the 8th. And you know what? I've been I've been wanting. I only have one tattoo. I know, what a prude, right? I have one tattoo, and it's kind of fading. <laughs> it's just, um, it's WWBD, and it's on my middle finger in blue ink. And it was written by Nadine Strossen, who is the first female president of the American Civil Liberties Union. She penned the tattoo. She did the handwriting. And it's what would Beyonce do? Shut up. It's awesome. I really like it, but it's fading. And I wanted to get blue ink because her daughter's name, her first daughter's name was blue. And she, and like the blueprint, like Jay-Z and like all that shit, but it's fading. Anyway, I wanted to get a second tattoo and I've been thinking about it for a while. My rule is always, if I want a tattoo, I got to want it for an entire year. And then at the end of that year, if I still want it, fucking get it, girl. That's my rule. That's how I'm a good parent to myself. That's how I show up for myself. I'm my own healthy parent. Ugh, I'm doing so much deep dive and it's fucking disgusting. Anyway, I wanted to get a Wawa tattoo. <laughs> because Wawa is one of the, it, Wawa means a lot to me. Wawa represents what Pennsylvania is to me, which is where I grew up. I grew up technically in, in Chesapeake, Virginia as well. And I, I mean, I count that, but I really, Pennsylvania, I'm like a Pennsylvania bitch, you know? And if you live in Pennsylvania, if you're from Pennsylvania, 
and you meet fellow people and you're like, I kind of like that person. Why do I like them? And then they open their mouth and they're like, hey, how you doing? You want to go get a sandwich, get a hoagie? And you're like, oh, that's why. You're from Pennsylvania. Pennsylvania is very specific and Pennsylvania moms specifically. There's a, there's a haircut I call the Pennsylvania mom haircut. You know, John and Kate plus eight, it's Kate's shitty haircut, which try to look like T-Boz from TLC, but she's a white lady and that really doesn't work. But I don't, you know, when I was a little girl, I don't know why I was obsessed with TLC and I kept, I kept telling my parents I wanted to get a haircut like T-Boz, like, like it, in TLC. And they, they said that wasn't going to look good because my hair, my hair was just a ball of frizz. It wasn't even curly at that point. And they're like, I'm not doing that to you, boo-boo. I'm like, you don't even understand me, mom. But now I'm like, thanks, mom. That haircut would have looked terrible. I mean, <laughs> anyway, there's a Pennsylvania mom haircut. And it's like the Kate from Johnny Kate plus eight. It's a, it's a, it's a manufactured blonde crooked bob. <laughs> and if you're from there, you fucking know what I'm talking about. And I love it. But what Wawa means to me, Wawa represents Pennsylvania. And it also is every holiday I've ever spent with my family, every time I've ever spent a Thanksgiving with my family, which after college, it was like every couple of years, they weren't really huge on Thanksgiving. And when I was dating my ex-boyfriend, Stephen, his birthday was right around Thanksgiving. So we would always go to his house. And that was seven years. So seven of my Thanksgivings. But before there was a couple of times where I think he came to my parents' house. But inevitably... And, and Thanksgiving and Christmas, inevitably, my mom, I would, my mom would do something that would make me, it would trigger me, truly a psych, the definition of a psychological trigger. Um, she would just, she would get upset about something and I would get mad at her for the last 29 years of my life. <laughs> she'd be like, she'd get frustrated with my uncle or frustrated with my brother or, or someone would get pissed off at her. And I don't know why, but I'm like, fuck you, mom. I, didn't, I wouldn't say that out loud, but that was a part of my anger I always came from the fact that I couldn't tell her I felt. I guess I technically could have. No one, I just didn't. So I would always go to Wawa and there was a lot of times, God bless him, when I was with him, Stephen, where we would just, I would be like, Stephen, I need to go to Wawa and smoke a cigarette because I would never let my parents know that I smoke cigarettes. I think my mom, I think one time I was honest with her about it and I said I smoke when I drank you know you start out with a little white lie you start out with a little just a little you dip your toe in and see how the pool is and if the shark's in it then you take it right out I was like yeah I smoke when I drink and my mom was like Christina Marie I'm like oh fucking here we go so anyway Wawa was always my sanctuary when um my household was chaotic and whatever <laughs> my favorite part about going to Wawa to not only smoke a cigarette, but go get a gobbler, get a gobbler, get a hoagie, get coffee, was when you went on Thanksgiving or Christmas Day, first of all, it was always open. Second of all, the parking lot was filled mostly with men trying to get away from their wives or families. <laughs> and they were smoking in their cars. It was great. It was just so good. And there would be this moment, and this has happened to me so many times, during a holiday strife where my mom's making me feel like I want to rip every cell of my fucking skin off. And I'm like, we got to go to Wawa. And I take my pack of American spirits and I take my gum and I take my hand sanitizer and I take my perfume because God forbid mom smells cigarette on me. And I go and I get a hoagie 
and I go back in the car and I go to smoke a cigarette. Well, I don't smoke it in the car, I smoke it outside the car. But then I go eat the hoagie in the car because I don't want them to think, know that I ate a hoagie because they're gonna be like, you're ruining your appetite. And I'm gonna be like, you ruined my life. So I didn't, you know, I gotta eat the hoagie. You get a four incher, not a six incher. You get a four incher, eat the hoagie in the car. But then you look to your left and you look to your right and there's all these sad, frustrated men. It's mostly men. I, I you know, it's, I don't know why I made, but it was a lot of guys and I just I was like we got this guys I felt solid solidarity because they had that same look of strife in their eyes I don't know if it was their wives or maybe their husbands Ooh, people can be gay I don't know if you knew that <laughs> you did um but they just they just had strife a look of strife in their eyes and I just felt so not alone in that Wawa parking lot at 2 p.m on Thanksgiving day before the turkey came out and after the crescent rolls were burnt because they get burnt every fucking year and it just felt nice so i'm gonna get anyway that's all to say that the tattoo i want to get i want to get when i headline helium comedy club in philadelphia february 6th to the 8th <laughs> this is just one long ad um i'm gonna get it on my forearm and it's gonna be uh the goose a maroon goose that's the wawa logo and i'm gonna get it in philadelphia and my cell phone um, area code is 215. I'm just like, I'm Philly, man. I'm so Philly, even though I'll never leave New York. But I just, Philly is a part of me and Wawa is a symbol of that. Okay? All right. Hey, let's do some fuckboy theater. Okay. We're going to do, I'm going to read some short ones because I got a bunch. If you have fuckboy theater screenshots, which is basically, and it could be a girl because girls can be pieces of shit too. It's screenshots of a, of a dating app conversation that you've had or bios. People have been sending me some bios and boy, oh boy. I'm going to read you some bios. Um, but you can email them to me if you want at the voices in our heads podcast at gmail.com. Or you can DM them to me on Instagram. My Instagram handle is K-R-Y-S-T-Y-N-A-H-U-T-C-H. It's Christina Hutch. And apparently I lost 243 followers after I posted a video of me singing. And Corinne always tells me that she loses followers after she posts photos of her butt. So you guys really hate butts and singing. But you know what? I don't give a fuck. Okay, fuck boy theater. Um, oh my God. What the fuck? Okay. I'm just gonna read this guy's bio. I'm not even, his name, his, he's 49. I could say the age, cause you're not gonna be like, oh, that's Derek. He's 49 years old and his name is Cleve. <laughs> his name is Cleve. It's Steve. <laughs> okay, this is a quote that he has in his bio. Again, this is his bio and this is on Tinder, okay? He held the horse's face against his chest and he could feel along his inner thighs the blood pumping through the arteries and he could smell the fear and he cupped his hand over the horse's eyes and stroked them and he did not stop talking to the horse at all, speaking in a slow, low, steady voice and telling it all that he intended to do and cupping the animal's eyes and stroking the terror out, end quote. I practice non-monogamy, looking for friends and people to talk to. <laughs> what the fuck? What the fuck? 
What the fuck? What is that? Cleve, or Steve, his name's Steve, okay? Of course his name is Steve. First of all, if your name is Steven, ugh, that triggers me, whatever. Not not really, the, the trigger in the LOL way. I shouldn't really eat when I'm doing a podcast, huh? It was a piece of melon. Just give me a second. <laughs> if you're if you were born and your mom was like, your name's gonna be Steven, however you spell it, I'll go ship. You know if you're a Steve or a Steven. And this, my friends, this bio, this is a bio of a Steve. That's for goddamn sure. Okay, this bio. <laughs> oh, this is even weirder. Oh my god. Okay, this person is an, is 45 years old. And his name is is Larkus. <laughs> it's Marcus. <laughs> and it, he wrote a song in his bio, so I'm going to sing it. Again, this is people's Tinder bios. This is the first impression that they want you to have of them. And this is a song. I'm going to sing it. <laughs> oh, my God. <clears throat> this is Marcus's bio. He's 45. Again, this is his bio. This is what he wants you to. This is the first impression he wants you to get of him, okay? If you want to bust a nut, clap your hands. If you want to bust more nuts, clap again. <laughs> if you like your pussy beat to burst, you joyfully scream and curse. Juices flow and squirt. Clap your hands. Six foot three, firefighter. <laughs> what the fuck? Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you. No, I got a BFA in acting from Marymount Manhattan College. It's the Upper East Side. I really appreciate it. I did voice and speech class. I took a class on standard stage dialect. And that's why I overpronunciate. But thank you. I'm really glad you like the fuck with you. Okay. You okay? How you doing? Oh, man. Feel your feelings, January. Coming in hot. I'll get to that in a second. This fucking playlist I made, I'll talk about it in a second. I skip ahead. Even when it's just me, I skip ahead. You would think, you know, Christina, you're not on weed, you're not on booze, you're not on, well, you want caffeine. You need fucking something. You just, you, get, you, you still skip ahead. Well, maybe that's why I'm doing it, because I'm on caffeine. You know what's a good um, tea? It tastes like asshole, but it's good for your throat if your throat hurts. Fucking throat coat. <laughs> Imagine if that was my ad. <laughs> Imagine if throat <laughs> What if throat coat wanted to advertise with me oh god i want advertisers i want ever you know what yeah i do want advertisers but i want i don't want them to give me copy they can give me a coupon code i guess but i don't want cop like give me like what you want the gist of what you want me to say but like i want honest ads because you don't get those a lot i'll be like throat coat throat coat tea it tastes like fucking ass but your throat will feel better and i feel like you could sing better after you drink it tastes like fucking asshole it tastes like i'm eating larry flint's asshole after he ran uphill on a treadmill for two hours throw coat tea that was a good commercial right damn so sober oh oh you guys you guys have you seen uncut gems i'm not gonna ruin it but holy fucking shit I'm trying to see more movies 
and I'm trying to see more movies out of the house. I've been spending a lot of time in my house. You know, I have a fear of boredom. And that, there's a lot of psychological explanations for that. It's not really boredom. It's that my, I'm not bringing my full attention to the present moment or so they say, you know. I mean, they're right, whatever. But I, I, in preparation, I prepped for this month of sobriety similarly to the way I prepped for Hurricane Sandy to hit New York City and my apartment flooded with three feet of fucking sewage water and then I found out my boyfriend at the time still kept the flashlight of her ex of his ex-girlfriend but it was the butthole kind and I found it because I thought it was an actual flashlight I did a great story about it on Comedy Central this is not happening you should go watch it I'm very proud of that um but I prepped for this fear of boredom thing because I'm like well I'm not gonna be stoned and I'm not gonna be drunk so I bought a dartboard I bought a practice drum kit well drum pad with a stand and three sets of drumsticks I purchased an at-home butterfly garden my caterpillars arrived today I'm so happy they arrived before I recorded because I was hoping I could give you some feedback on them wait what's it called what's this fucking thing called let me get the box it's called butterfly garden how original and yes there's children on the box but you know what adults can fucking have one too Children don't have credit cards, do they? No, adults do. Dumb bitch. I'm not calling a kid a bitch. I'm just uh, trying to make myself laugh. Anyway, it's called Butterfly Garden. I'll post a link to it in the resource section of my website. Let me write that down so I don't forget. Because I say, sometimes I say stuff and then I don't do it. <laughs> and that pisses me off more than it pisses you off. Trust me. Butterfly Garden. Um, it's just as butterfly garden. The best butterfly growing kit. Watch nature come alive. So basically you get this box. I forget how much it was, like 20 bucks or some shit. It wasn't that expensive. And I bought it because my friend Aya has the cutest child in the world. And one time she posted that her, her daughter Izzy and her went outside to like let the butterflies go. And I was like, where the fuck you, what? Tell me where I get butterflies, please. And she told me and I Googled it. And I got the kit, but when you get this kit, it basically comes with, it looks like a mini clothes hamper that you get at like a container store. Oh, who's wet when I said container store, right ladies? Um, and it's like a mini little, it looks like a hamper, but it's tiny. And, um, and it pops up and it's mesh. And then all that's, all that's in this little box is this hamper that pops up and then a couple pieces of cardboard with like writing on it and then a little feeder thing, like a little dropper and then it's like well you have to like go to this website and put the code in for this voucher to get your butterflies and I'm like can't you just send it to me all at the same time but they can't because you know these caterpillars that they send you they're they got to be refrigerated because they're living things or they got to be I don't know whatever the fuck you got to order the caterpillars separately is what I'm trying to tell you and I would you know it's not a big deal this is all for fun so who fucking cares but I was annoyed <laughs> I was like I need a there's another step it's like, really, Christina, you, you have the time, okay? Go on the website. You have the time. You're not smoking weed. You have the time. So I got my caterpillars today, and they're so cute. They're, it's a little jar, probably the size of a, a whiskey glass. Let's just say, I don't know. It just came up down the top of my head. And it looks like um, there's just like a layer of... There's a layer of something on the bottom of this uh, plastic cup. And then there's all these little caterpillars. And they're just crawling around. And uh, 
And basically you wait seven to 10, you don't do anything. Whatever's at the bottom of this plastic cup is the nutrients for the caterpillar, so they're good. And apparently, allegedly, it's like a cross-examination, allegedly these caterpillars will eventually form, what do they call it? It's a cocoon essentially. Um, and they'll attach themselves to the lid of this container and they'll be in these cocoons and the cocoons will start to crystallize or some shit. And then when that starts to happen, I got to take that out. There's like, they give you very simple instructions. Cause again, this is for a child or a fun lady. And you put it and you do the thing, you know, you get, get it if you want to, but basically I'm at, I just got the caterpillars. So they're little itty bitty bitty boys. Oh my God. They're so cute. <laughs> and, uh, and then eventually they turn into butterflies and then once they turn into butterflies, you put them in that laundry hamper thing that it's like kind of like that one you get at the container store. <laughs> Who's wet, ladies? Container store. I fucking love the container. See, ready? West Elm. <gasps> if you're a woman in your 30s, you just got horny. Okay. Um, and then eventually these butterflies will emerge out of these cocoons. I'm so excited. I, I feel like I'm going to cry. I'm going to cry thinking about it. I'm on my period, but I'm also sober and I'm feeling my feelings. I've been crying so much. And, um, and then you let the butterflies out into the wild. And now I was telling my mom about this because I got a, uh, I also bought a butterfly kit for Brantley, my nephew. Forgot to bring it with me when I went to spend New Year's with him, but I'll mail it. I don't know if I will though, because I'm, I just say I'm going to do stuff and I never do it. And that, when I, when those words came out of my mouth, oh, DJ, I'll mail you the kit for Brantley. Uh, the voice in my head was like, bitch, no, you're not. But my mom was like, honey, I don't know if, butterflies are around in the winter <laughs> like they kind of die off and i'm like they can't die in the what uh-oh because you have to let the butterflies go after a couple days you can't just keep them forever so i haven't looked this up yet but i don't know if butterflies can survive in the winter and and, and when i thought about it i'm like you know now that you say that ma i don't know that i've seen a butterfly when it's snowing out so but why would they mail me the caterpillars if there was only a certain time of year that I could do it, right? But maybe, I mean, they know I live in New York because that's my mailing address. So I hope I'm not breeding these beautiful butterflies and I get to see this beautiful snippet of nature and the beauty of nature where a little baby caterpillar can turn into this beautiful painted lady butterfly and then I fucking go outside and let them free and then they fucking freeze to death. Ugh, so goth. I didn't want it to be that goth. So I hope they can survive. We'll see. So anyway, I got a drum kit. I got a dartboard. I got a caterpillar garden. Caterpillar garden. I got a, well, I got some of the stuff I got for Christmas. Well, record player I got for Christmas. That's not really like um like a thing to keep me busy. But, but yeah, I mean, really, I've created a sanctuary in my apartment. I've created my own butterfly garden. But I, I need to get out more. And so I'm like, I'm going to see movies. I'm going to go to the movie theater and see movies. There's a lot of great movies. And I haven't... Here's the movies I need to see still. Parasite. Heard that was so fucking sick. Ugh. Oh, uh, what's the other one? What's the other one? What's the other one? I forget. There's a bunch. But I saw Uncut Gems. Good golly, Miss Molly. That movie. Yo, I'm, I'll never see that movie again. Okay. I'll never see it again, but let me tell you something. I am so glad I saw it. You gotta see it in theaters. 
Go to the theater. Like, as much as I want you to support live stand-up comedy as much as you possibly can, support... Go to the fucking movies. What an experience, you lucky bitch. Go to the movies. Go by yourself. You don't need a fucking friend. What, do you go to the movies to talk? I happened to go with a friend because my friend was like, you want to hang out? I'm like, yeah, let's go to the movies. But, you know, if you don't have a friend, first of all, well, get one. You know, just, you know, come on. You need to socialize. Humans are social creatures. But go see a movie. Like, go to the movie theaters. I saw Uncut Gems. And let me tell you. Oh, boy, 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 boy. I learned a lot about the Jewish culture. Learned about my peoples. That was pretty cool. Ugh, the fat Jew was in it, and that fucking pissed me off. Can I be honest about that? Can I be real with you all? Can you be, like, real with you guys? I mean, that's a great role for, I mean, good for him. He's rep by CAA, and um, I think we hear of the shame agent. But comedians don't like the fat Jew because he fucking stole jokes. Or he fucking, he, he didn't, cl I don't know, he kind of, he kind of clipped. He made it seem like he fucking wrote the joke. He would take a comedian's tweet or a fucking meme or something that somebody else made. Because all, uh, all comedians are, are are fucking jokes. That's all we are. If you're going to use our jokes, give us credit or we'll punch you in the face. We won't punch you in the face because then we'll get sued. But for the longest time, the fat Jew had a very famous Instagram account where he would post funny memes and funny tweets. And a lot of these memes and tweets were written by professional comedians and he wasn't giving them credit. And then when comedians are like, what the fuck are you doing, you twat? He was like, sorry, 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 sorry. So, look, he might be a great person. I don't know. He might be a very nice person, pretty cool. But he was in that movie, and that annoyed me. But he wasn't that good in it. But um, but uh, other than that, that was the only time. And that honestly took me out of the movie for a little bit. <laughs> for like two, when I say a little bit, I mean 0.5 seconds. This movie, what a fucking film. What an interesting way to tell a story. I didn't know what the fuck was going on the first half of it it's just you just go see it just go see it the end it's one of those things where you're like oh come on it it it, it was everything i wanted out of a movie i actually did not see the preview before i saw the movie all i knew was adam sandler was in it it's not a typical adam sandler movie there's not some little kid walking around indoors with sunglasses going, Captain Kangawusta. It's a fucking, it's unlike any movie Adam Sandler has ever done. He's so good in this movie. He deserves all the awards. Whoever wrote this fucking movie, uh, I mean, that must have taken so fucking long. There's, I really appreciated the way a story was told in this movie. So you should, you should go see it. I highly recommend it. And something else I saw, but I saw it inside. And I got to see more stuff outside. I got to get out of my fucking house, man. I'm going stir crazy. I mean, I've been outside before, but I'm, I'm just, I'm home too much during the day. I don't like it. But another, I, I got Disney Plus and there's a, a Nat Geo icon if you log on to Disney Plus and uh, one of the documentaries that Nat Geo had was one called Jane and it was about Jane Goodall. And I knew about, she's an um, anthropologist. She's a primatologist. She was the first person to lead, a, uh, to study apes in the wild. And this fucking lady, dude, this lady is, what a badass. I knew about, I, I mean, I, all I knew about her was she worked with apes and she was British and she seemed pretty dope. And all those things were true, but there's a lot more about her that was true. She basically, I think she was in her early 20s and she was an assistant. She was working as an assistant to, I believe, an anthropologist. And ever since she was little, she wanted to live with the animals in Africa. What a specific goal that is, right? And her mother was really good with animals. I think worked with animals professionally. 
Oh, the pattern just gave me a notification. Let's take a break and see what it says. Here's a world update. During these next few days, take the opportunity to look closely at the past, both your personal history and the history of all humanity. All right, that's too much. I'm tired. Here's my personal pattern update. This is an app, by the way. And if you're heartbroken or breaking up with somebody or with somebody you're not sure if you should be, fucking download the pattern app. Put your info in, put their info in. And a stranger will tell you exactly what's going on. It's weird. Okay, this is my pattern alert. You can be an expert in your area of interest. You enjoy sharing your deep knowledge. Whoa! Oh, cool. It's true. It's what I'm doing right now. You're both practical and skilled at managing others. That's not true. And an ideal comp and and are ideal company or community leader. Oh, okay, cool. So anyway, Jane Goodall, this documentary, Jane. This chick was like, I want to go live in the jungle in Africa and like hang out with the apes. And everyone's like, okay. And so the anthropologist that she worked for, that she was an assistant to, she did not have a degree in this shit. They they just, they funded a, they, gave, they had a grant from the government, I believe, to go study ape behavior in the wild. And she basically was in the jungle for five months trying to get close to these apes. And oh God, she's such, she was such a, like a beautiful, pure, like, um, when I say pure, I don't mean a fucking virgin, virginal pure, even though I guess you, I don't, it doesn't fucking matter. Sexuality doesn't matter. But like, she just looked like, when I say pure, I mean like she had like this childlike gaze in her eyes and the footage of her in the, in the jungle. And it was really cool to watch because it was like, man, this, this woman, all she wants to do is she's this beautiful young woman and all she wants to do is be close with these animals and study these animals. And then eventually about five, six months into her living in the jungle, Nothing had happened, but then there was a breakthrough where she was able to get close to these animals, and um, she discovered that they used tools. They used the sticks or st um, branches to extract ants from a, a hill, and so that was a really big deal. The fact that in this study, and that that kind of changed the game and and made scientists understand that apes and humans had a lot in common. The fact that an animal uses a tool is a very advanced evolutionary thing. And so that was a big deal. This documentary was so good. And then, um, so the, the her discoveries went, were all over the press. People started talking about it. But they kind of were a little sexist in their headlines. Because they're like, this young chick who doesn't have a degree. Which, I mean, look, she was a young woman. She did not have a degree. But can you believe in a bitch for a fucking second, please? God damn. And then the documentary introduced the male cameraman. National Geographic sent out a male cameraman guy, a, a guy who is a famous nature photographer, nature videographer. And he was like her age. He was kind of handsome. And then Jane was being interviewed. On top of the footage that they're showing of her at the beginning of the study, they're interviewing her, I guess, present day. And she was saying, and then... And then that Matt, that National Geographic sent the man because, you know, they're not going to fund this study unless, uh, and, and I'm telling them about these apes using tools, you know, they want the, to capture it on camera. They want the footage of it. They want the proof of it. So, you know, I wasn't happy about it, but they sent a cameraman to follow me and document everything. And all I kept thinking was, oh, if he rapes her, I'm going to be so pissed. No, they got married. <laughs> this is, this is how fucked up women think, by the way. <laughs> because this is how often sexual assault happens. Like, it's not a funny thing, but Jesus Christ, the second he, 
Jane is on camera and she goes, so National Geographic sent this young man to blah, blah, blah. And then I quickly realized, one of the lines she said was, and then I quickly realized that, you know, his subject was to be filming the apes, but it was very clear to me that I was also a focus of his. And I'm like, if he rapes her, I swear to fucking God. Oh my God, I'm gonna be so pissed. But he didn't, they got married. So that was cool. But it's a really beautiful documentary. And it talks about um, gangbangs. It talks about gangbangs. The chicks, man, went with the mating rituals with apes, the, the ch- and there's footage of it. And I wasn't aroused, but I wasn't turned off. There's footage of a female ape fucking going in the middle of their hangout area, face down, ass up, these male apes literally line up to fuck her. And I'm like, what a queen. What a fucking queen. She don't know who baby that is. They just all want to fuck her. And she's her ass is up. Fa- I'm telling you, face down, ass up. That's the way apes like to fuck. <laughs> I'm so corny. But I thought that was interesting. because I'm like, yo, girl, I totally get it. I get it, man. That's, I was like, damn. And then sometimes, so the one female ape that she, that Jane Goodall was kind of following closely and, and, and she had named her, she was getting face down, ass up, gang banged. And then she had a baby eventually. And then she wanted, I guess she wanted another baby. So she was face down, ass up a couple years later, but that baby was hanging on her back while all these dudes were fucking her. <laughs> when I say dudes, I mean apes. But I'm like, boy, we judge humans on what they do. Like, we'll judge, like, you know, you know, like women get slut shamed and what, whatever the fuck. We just judge humans. Like, if a guy's, if a guy's walking down the street with his dick out, we, we're like, that ain't right, because it's, you know, it's against the law. But whatever, like, not even on sexual stuff or on body stuff, but the, just how we often we judge one another. And these fucking apes, this fucking mom, mother ape, has her baby on her back while she's getting gang gang banged. They don't give a fuck, dude. They don't give a fuck. And I thought that was very interesting. I'm like, okay. And then the mother ape, oh, Jane talks about like she noticed the the mother the nurturing that the mother gave to her baby. Oh, so cute. And she, one of the things that Jane wrote, wrote down in her notes is like the mother ape was used distraction to teach her child rather than punishment. And I was like, that's so sweet. Oh, oh. So yeah, watch that. Watch that. And then when, when her discoveries were really made major headlines, I was saying earlier how the headlines were kind of sexist about her. And then, cause she's, she's hot. She was a hot chick. She was hot. She was hot. And she was in the jungle in Africa. So, you know, she was wearing shorts. And there was a quote that she said in one of her interviews, like people said my fame was due to my legs. (laughs) But I made the most of it because she wanted to apply for additional funding to keep the study going. And all these newspaper headlines were like, yo, Jane, you hot. And they were just totally, they weren't overlooking these amazing discoveries she was making, but they, they were making it about her fucking hotness. And I'm like, Christ almighty. But Jane, this bad bitch was like, you know what? Cool. Yeah. Look at my legs. Can I have some money, please? I want to stay in the jungle for eight more months. Thank y'all. I mean, hey, that's making lemonade, baby. 
That's making lemonade out of sexist ass lemons. That's going, okay, you gonna look at my legs? Sure, sure, sure. I don't give a fuck. Give me $80,000, please. I'm gonna go back in the jungle. Thank y'all. That's pretty cool. Guys, I'm sober. If you haven't heard me talk about it already on Instagram, on stage, in life, at my home, anywhere. Oh, I have such a bad headache. I really like this. I gotta say, a lot of you have messaged me saying that you're doing it too. Your, your own versions. Maybe it's not, maybe it's just no alcohol. Maybe it's just no weed. Maybe it's both. Maybe it's, maybe you're taking a month off heroin, which I think is a pretty good idea. Your body, your choice. But I really think you should stop the meth and the heroin if that's what you're doing, okay? But you can do whatever you want. I'm not gonna make you feel guilty about it. I'm just saying, take a month off, see how you feel. I have not gone, I have, this is, uh, it's not sad, it's just interesting. I have not gone, I have not gone a month without smoking weed since I was in college. And that was a long, long time ago. That was a long time ago, man. And I gotta say, I like it. I do, I like it. I've noticed a lot of things, and don't you worry, I've been taking notes and I'm looking at them. It's oddly enjoyable being sober. I'm happy to report. Your girl don't like being bored. Your girl don't like feeling your feel her feelings. But I have been. Oh, and let me tell you, when you smoke weed, I, first of all, I've, I've noticed how often I would smoke. Oh, I'm going to go feed the pigeons. I'm going to go smoke first. I'm going to go, well, I haven't been rollerblading in a while. Oh, I'm going to go take a walk. I'm going to smoke first. Or I would smoke. I wouldn't smoke and I don't smoke and go on stage um, because I just, I'm not good at it. But I would, you know, I would bring a blunt, a blunt, a blunt, you heard me, a blunt, rolled in Keith with me to my stand-up spots. And then I would walk home. One of the reasons I loved walking is I love walking, smoking weed and listening to music in my headphones. Because then I pretend like I'm in a music video and I'm like dancing. I'm like, oh, yeah. Um, but that's when I, I would walk home a lot and smoke weed. Have Obviously, I haven't been doing that. And I'm just, I'm just here. I'm here and I'm on this planet. I'm in the driver's seat of my life. And it's interesting. I've noticed how often I, I, I would pick up a joint and smoke it. Just so often. And when you vape, man, when when your weed is consumed in vape form or when you also have a vape, a weed vape, it's like you want to, you can, it's too much. It's too much. You're like, oh, I can be on an airplane and smoke weed, which I have. Apparently, I Googled it once and they have allegedly they have secondary smoke detectors that could detect vapor, but I'm like, all right, who, get fucking relax, okay, Betty? But I would smoke weed so much, and I have not smoked, and I, and I would, and I promise you, um, I would, if I slip up, I'll be honest, I will, but I'm, I, because that's why I want to hold myself accountable, that's why I'm being so public about it. First of all, it does also help to bitch about it and complain about it. It's fun, it really helps. Because then eventually I'll get annoyed with myself and I'll be like, hey, okay, how about you stop? How about you shut the fuck up and go read a book, Christina? That's how I talk to myself now. But I like it. I'm not like, God, you're so mean to me. No, I'm like, yeah, you're right. So I smoke weed a lot. And I'm noticing it now that I don't smoke. And when you are smoke often and then you stop, you start dreaming again. I've heard about this. But I've had friends who stopped smoking weed and they tell me that the dreams are really weird. And I always, so I always knew that was a thing. I've been having the fucking craziest dreams. I swear to God, last night I was about to fall asleep 
And I started dreaming before I was fully asleep. What the fuck is that? So, and I know hearing about somebody else's dream is truly, there's been so many stand-up bits about this, so I forget who I'm stealing this from, but the concept is not an original concept. Hearing about other people's dreams is the most boring fucking thing on the planet because let me tell you something, nobody cares about your dreams except you. And you should care about them because they're you. But no one, ain't nobody else have your specific life experience. Oh my God, I was in a plane and then the plane turned into jello and then and then Steve Harvey came out and he said, hey, playa, and then I went on The Price is Right. No one gives a shit, okay? But I'm gonna tell you about mine. Um, well, just two of the dreams. One of the dreams was that everybody I've ever loved got punched in the face and I saw it. They were in a line. Everyone I've ever loved, all the men I've ever loved and my friends and family, like everyone I say I love you to, which is a lot of people, they were just getting punched by whom I don't know. And then when I thought everyone got punched and I was like, okay, is this over yet? And then more people I loved would come in the room and they would get punched. What does that mean? And then, wait, oh, and then I just had a dream about, oh, this is so stressful. This was last night. I had a dream that, and it was so real. It was so real. Remember when I told you that story about when I was at the Saturday Night Live after party and I and I sat down at the table with Lauren Michaels and Dave Chappelle and Steve Higgins, which was like, I because the, the balls, I mean, that's just not something you're supposed to do ever. That's a huge no-no, but I did it and it was fine. I had a dream that Dave Chappelle and I were hanging out and he was like, yo, when you came at that table with me and Lauren, that wasn't cool. And I, rem I just, it's so... It's so vivid to me because I still feel bad. I'm like, oh, Dave, I'm so sorry. Oh, I was so worried about that, that that wasn't a good thing to do. And I woke up and I, like the anxiety about that that I feel right now is as if it actually happened. <laughs> I remember there was a couple times where um, when I was dating my ex that uh, we would spend the night at his parents' place and I wasn't, like I truly would smoke weed every night. I smoke weed every night except for this because feel your feelings January, no weed. But I wouldn't smoke weed when we were staying at my boyfriend's parents' house because, you know, respect. And his, I mean, his mother was a fucking teacher. Like, I'm not going to do that. Like, that's, that's disrespectful, in my opinion. And that, that's a line that I just, I don't feel comfortable crossing, especially because my boyfriend did not smoke weed. So it's like, I was just the only one ripping a blunt in the backyard. Like, no, it's not, not, not cool. Fucking chill. And, um, and I would always have these vivid dreams. And, but I would dream that my boyfriend at the time, like, cheated on me or like said like I came in the room and he said something so fucked up about me and he then he turned around and realized I was in the room and he like didn't care and I woke up so fucking pissed off at him <laughs> so pissed. and like and I knew I'm like look like I would wake up and I would do this not often but at, like at least I would say three times a year <laughs> this would happen and we dated for a while seven years I would just wake up and I'd be like <sighs> And he would go, did I, was I a dick to you in my dream again? And I was like, yeah, dude. I mean, you didn't even, you fucking didn't know I was in the room. And then you looked and you saw that I was in the room and you didn't even care. And he, he was like, Christina, that was a dream. And I'm like, I don't care. The feelings are in my body as if it really happened. So give me a second. <laughs> Poor guy. I used to get so mad at him for shit he would do in my dreams. And then the one, the only recurring dream I've ever had, I believe I looked it up one day and it said, uh, it said something about you're worried or something. I don't know. But um, the only reoccurring like thing I've ever seen in a dream is a plane, a passenger 
airline plane, uh, I would see it crashing in front of me, like in a, it, it would crash into a body of water. No, not always. It would mostly would crash into a body of water, like a Boeing 747. Um, it would be on f- the the back end of it would be on fire, and I would see it crashing. And uh, yeah, that was just the only thing that's ever been repeated. But a lot of times when I used to smoke weed, um, and when I would do mushrooms, yeah, um, I would remember nightmares I had when I was a child, like the greatest hits of my nightmares as a kid. I'm like, that's f- interesting. So I'm dreaming a lot and that's okay, I guess. And another thing I don't do, feel your feelings January, no alcohol, no weed. Uh, I'm not eating at four in the goddamn morning. Wow, that's great. That was my fucking problem. I mean, a lot of people are like, hey, I'm a psychologist and the eating late at night thing is like you're stuffing your feeling, you're, you know, you're stuffing a feeling. And I think that's still true. I, I, I totally understand how that, if that could still be the case. However, I can control the fucking craving and actually feel the goddamn feelings if I'm not high as a goddamn kite. So that's pretty cool. Because truly what would happen is I would go to bed at two or three, I would masturbate, and then I would be hungry after I masturbated. <laughs> and then I would go upstairs at 2.30 a.m., make a peanut butter and jelly sandwich on potato bread, eat it up here, go downstairs, masturbate again, maybe, maybe not. And then I'd be like, I want one more thing. And then I'll go back upstairs and eat. And that was not good for my acid reflux. It was not good for my skin. It was not good for my stomach. So it's only been six days of this sober shit, but I haven't been eating late at night. And I'm like, it's truly making a a difference. I think I'm going to do this every year. I'm so, I'm so pleased with the results. And I'm so pleased with, I don't put a lot of restrictions on my life. I let myself do whatever the fuck I want. And, and, and it, it was getting really tiring. It was getting too much. And I really missed when weed and alcohol was a treat. I, I so missed when I would do it and it was special. And it was like hanging out with friends. I don't, I don't enjoy doing it alone. I don't, I, the times that I've done it, most of my, I mean, the past 10 fucking years, I've smoked alone at night. Unless I was hanging out at a friend's house. I did not enjoy, I mean, I liked it when I did it. But now that I'm sober, uh, I I enjoy being present. If you, I, I feel like I'm more in control of myself. I'm more in control of my surroundings and my mind and what happens to me. And I feel like I'm actually showing up for myself. But let me tell you, I am feeling feelings, man. Oh, I knew this was going to happen. I'm very, I'm a person who's very comfortable crying. Clearly, I've done it on podcasts for the past five fucking years. Um, and my short film is truly just me crying. <laughs> Um, because I, I have a, I have a deep well of emotions and it's accessible. It's very easily accessible for me because I've had a lot of shit happen. But um, I've been feeling my feelings, and I posted on Instagram late one night the other night. Hey, what's like this? What's a song that makes you really cry? And I created an Instagram uh, Spotify playlist. Um, I'll post the link of it uh, to this Spotify playlist on the on my website. But um, it's called Feel Your Feelings January. And it's a playlist of over 130 songs. I asked people on Instagram, I was like, hey, what's a song that makes you cry? It could be about being brokenhearted, the loss of a parent, the loss of a child, loss of, you know, just some. And wow, I got over 200. This was like 1 a.m. I got over 200 responses. Kid you not in the first 10 minutes. I was like, Jesus Christ. People really wanted to share this and and or either you wanted to share i mean clearly you wanted to share but you also had it at the top of your head and then people kept messaging me like continuously like this song oh my god and this song and this song and this song i love it i like i loved it and i i made this playlist on spotify 
Oh, it is rough, man. It is so I'm crying. I'm going to cry even thinking about it. it, but it's beautiful. It's beautiful. And then I thought, I was like, wow, why is it that the, the, when I, when I'm, you know, crying, like when I'm listening to these songs, right? I mean, I'm, I'm sober. So my feelings I think are more accessible because I'm not numbing them out. Um, I am, I'm going through a weird, weird period, not a weird period of my life. I'm just, I'm getting to know myself for the, for once I think that's emotional um I I I'm realizing that I don't love I don't love people in in the way that I want to and when I mean love I mean romantic love I'm not I'm not good at loving someone romantically it's not that I'm not good to them but I, I betray and neglect myself in order to receive love from a, another person romantically, not friend. Friendship, I mean, I'm so goddamn hashtag blessed to have, I have a lot, I have a lot, I just have a lot of friends. I have a lot of friends. I'm a friendly gal. <laughs> I love different kinds of people. I love every kind of person. Like if you're a fucking asshole, I love you for that. If you're a flaky little prick, I kind of like that. I kind of appreciate that because you're you. If you're goofy, I, lo- I just, I, all my friends are so different. And I, I, this is one of my favorite parts of my life is my friendships. And my, I'm, I've learned to be a very good friend, uh, you know, because I was not always perfect at it. And I would get so caught up with work. And sometimes my close friends would be like, okay, cool. I guess bye. I'm like, I'm sorry. I, no, that's not how I want to be. But my friendships like just mean so much to me. But ro- with romantic love, I'm not, I, I don't do it right. And so I'm trying to learn how to how to do it right. I guess. I don't know. I don't think anybody's really perfect at anything. And especially if you're someone who's been through some shit, a lot of times if you're still carrying these residual issues, they show up when you're in love or when you like somebody. Uh a lot of times. And cuz that's like just the most vulnerable thing. And so I'm just I, I'm I'm having all of these realizations. And and that was one of them. And I've just, and so this playlist that I made that with the help of you guys, thank you, is so, oh, do you remember this song? Okay, I'm going to play it for you. I, I oh my God, I'm just going to play it real quick for my phone because you need to. And so it is just like you said it would be life goes easy on me most of the time oh my god that song is so beautiful and this this playlist is filled with songs like that and I have so many friends who are professionally musical. They're musicians. And uh, they came through, baby. They're like, this song, this song, this song. And there are a lot of more songs I have never even heard of. And this, so this playlist is just filled with these songs that just make me just burst. But not in a sad way. It's so weird. I've been listening to this playlist since I made it a couple of nights ago, like nonstop. And I'm just crying. But it, I feel... It's like a good cry. It's like a 
it's like a residual cry. It's like a, it's, I don't know what, I don't know what, I don't have the words yet, but whatever this type of sadness is, it makes me feel so alive. And I, it's a combination of not numbing myself out with marijuana every 10 seconds and not drinking alcohol and being in the room and looking people in the eye. I mean, I was doing that before, looking people in the eye, but, and, and listening to this beautiful fucking music, this, this moving mountains, this music, oh God. And I'm just, I just feel so alive. It's so, oh, I love it. I, this is so great. This fucking sober shit is really fun. <laughs> and, and I'm just asking myself, I'm interrogating questions I have about myself. I'm finding out things about myself, like orange is my color. Who fucking knew? Orange is a great color on me. <laughs> and I'm listening to this playlist with these beautiful words, and I'm and I'm. You guys are messaging me all this shit, and like just really nice people are like, man, I didn't really want to be sober this month, but then you're doing it, and I'm like, all right, fuck it. And let me tell you, I don't. I'm I'm. I'm new money, okay? I'm unsinkable Molly Brown. I was I had negative $35 in my bank account my entire life. I mean, whenever since before I had a bank account, I had negative monies. And then I started making money because guys we fuck are really successful. I'm so fucking proud of that. And then but when you give an adult child money, she's going to buy stupid shit like a caterpillar garden, but that's okay. And and I don't know where I was going with that, but I don't care. I just, I'm just enjoying this. I'm really enjoying, um, I'm enjoying being present. And I'm really glad that some of you guys uh, were kind of on the fence and then, oh, that's where I was going with the whole money thing. I don't put restrictions on my life. I let myself do whatever the fuck I want because why not, right? And I, and I, and I, the voices in my head are so mean sometimes. they're really not nice and and so now that i'm actually taking time to have compassion for myself you can't really fucking have compassion for yourself when you're fucking stoned all the time i'm not mean to myself when i'm high on marijuana but uh i i can't i can't be my own healthy parent when i'm drugged up i just can't maybe some people can but i i personally cannot and and I really didn't think I could do this. And I know it's, I know I'm way too proud of myself for only it's only been 7 days. However, I know I, I am not worried uh, that I'm like, "Oh man, are you going to slip?" I know I'm going to go every every day of this month. It's it's not it's not as hard as I thought it was going to be. Is what I'm trying to say. Just don't do the drug. Like it's not that hard. And some people make arguments that you can be addicted to marijuana. I'm not having withdrawal syndrome, you know, symptoms. I don't, I'm, I actually really like this. And so every year I'm going to be doing this at, the, at January. I'm going to, I'm going to cut out weed and, and booze. And I really hope that in February, um, I can reintegrate substances into my life in a, in a, in a schedule and in a pace and in a frequency that is, that works a little bit better than what I was doing before. That's, that's kind of my goal. Oh, wow. <laughs> Just burped into the mic. I don't give a fuck. It's all coming out, baby. 2020. It's going to be our year. It's going to be your year and your year and your year. What are you doing? You got your computer? You making your spreadsheets? Cool. 
Well, ha- smile because it's going to be your year. Okay. I, I really am enjoying this. And I kind of been like babying myself a little bit. And by that, I mean like, like, okay, so I went, before I went to see Uncut Gems with my friend Jeff and, and my friend Alana, um, I knew the movie was at 1030 and I was like, man, I'm going to be so tired by the time I come home. I'm going to want to take a bubble bath. So I cleaned my apartment and I set up my robe and my slippers and, my, <laughs> and I acted like I was my own personal assistant. And I was like, I want to, and so when I walked back in the house, I have these electric uh, pillar candles and they're on a timer. So I turned off all the lights, but I had these candles on a timer so that when I walked back into my apartment after this movie, I, uh, first of all, I thought this movie was going to be like a cute comedy. <laughs> it's a little stressful of a movie. So the bubble bath was definitely needed, but in, in a different way that I had originally anticipated. But like, I've been, like I laid everything out so that I can walk into my apartment and go, oh, just take off my clothes right when I walk in the door and then go right, turn the bath water on and then there we go. So that's something I've been doing that's seemed to really help. And another thing is, um, I realized how often I say the word should to myself. The voices in my head, <clears throat> the word should is something I say a lot to myself. And that gives me a lot of anxiety. And this book, Feeling Good by David Newburn, that I talk about all the time. I was going to play a clip from it, but I'll do that next week. Um, he said, he suggested buying a counter. This, this book is all about curing your depression through through this book and the type of depression that I have is one that can be cured sometimes people don't have that kind my mom is one of those people so it's not it's not a you know it it might not help everybody but even if you have a more severe form of depression I do think that it could it'll make a positive impact this book is so fucking good and um he said buy go buy one of those counters those little not a stopwatch but like a counter like a like a like a metal thing a clicker a counter whatever I bought one And every time you say to yourself, I should do this, or I should do that, you know, that or whatever, count it, do the counter, and then uh, set up a reward system for yourself when you've accumulated a lot of shoulds, because give yourself some credit for becoming aware of every time you say it, because you should do this or that, fuck that. That's only gonna put, that just puts pressure. That's, I put so much unnecessary pressure on myself. And I used to think that, well, that's why I'm successful. No, 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 no. I'm successful because I work hard and I'm, I have I'm determination and I'm talented. I'm successful for all these reasons. But being hard on myself, I'm no longer giving that facet of the voices in my head an, an award or any accolades of any kind. I really wanna get rid of the word should from my vocabulary. And so I bought, I purchased a, on, from Amazon one of these counter things and I've been doing it. And, you know, normally my a reward to myself would be weed. But you know what my reward to myself is now? Fucking sitting on the couch before going to bed and instead of browsing through Instagram and comparing myself to hot titty ladies and stuff or just, just, just being on my phone and looking at a screen the first couple hours before I fall asleep. Instead of doing that, my reward to myself is I curl up on my couch and I read a book. And it's really nice. And I never did that before because I thought it was boring. But it's actually really nice. So I'm going to end there. I'm going to end on a good note. There's so many more things I wanted to talk about, but I'll save them for next week. I really like this. I'm digging this, guys. And the song that I'm playing at the end of this episode, um, it's on this Spotify playlist, Feel Feel Your Feelings January. 
it's not a sad song but the song this song in particular um makes me cry because i it reminds me like i said i cry a lot and <laughs> sometimes it's because i'm sad but sometimes it's because i'm happy i cry a lot from joy like sometimes joy can just be very overwhelming to me but not in a bad way like not in a sad way but it just makes me cry and this particular song i remember when i first heard it my ex i uh, introduced it to me <laughs> i'm not even gonna go in there i'm not even gonna go in there anyway um i love this song and it's it makes me cry in a good way so i hope you like it too feel your feelings if you want to do sober january sober from whatever the fuck you want to be sober from i don't know your body your choice just do it you can do it now if you want to join in now just do it you just got to do it you just got to tell yourself okay i'm gonna do it oh and another thing i've been doing is at the end of each day at night before i go to bed i have a little mini set of sticky notes with a pen on my dresser and for every day that i did it and i made it through the day and i felt my feelings and i didn't ingest any substances i write the date of the day and then i write a little like you go girl <laughs> but it's cuter than that and so that's one thing i do that's kind of cool and if you want to do that you could or just you know i don't know finger your butthole finger your butthole give a pigeon a scone be a babe on a blade I love you and I'll talk to you next week. I'm sinking deep. I'm sinking deep. I'm sinking deep.